welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel What's going on, Heat Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat versus the World podcast. Like always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and you can follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. Today is a very special episode as this is our first part of 2022. So before we start, I want to wish all our listeners a happy new year. So with that out the way, let's meet our guests for tonight. First, we got George. Say what's up to the people, bro. What's good? What's good? And then last but not least, Orchard. Hey, what's going on, guys? All right. So I've, obviously, y'all can see we don't have the main number of people we, we usually have. But just like the Miami Heat, we're going to work with what we got. So let's dive into today's episode. Last game, the Heat ended up losing to the Warriors by seven, giving them a record of 23-15 and 15 while staying as the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. Leading the way, you got Jimmy Butler with 22 points, five rebounds, and three assists. Caleb Martin with 19 points, nine rebounds, and two steals. Tyler Hero with 18 points, four assists, and three rebounds. Kyle Lowry with 16 points, 11 assists, and six rebounds. And Jack Harlow, I mean, um, Kyle Guy with 14 points and four three-pointers. With Miami losing two straight games after going on a six-game winning streak, how are you guys feeling right now? Kick us off, Orchard. Uh, I will say this. I was a little disappointed about the loss against the Sacramento Kings. You know, um, that's not the team we, we, we'd expect to lose to. But, you know, every so often, we're going to have losses against uh, lower-ranked teams. Uh, regarding the Warriors' loss, you know, it was a tough loss. I think – I feel like there are a lot of mistakes we made. Like, that first quarter was really – really bad like we let Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins go off um we just kept turning the ball over the man the turnovers 18 turnovers that was probably the biggest factor that was hurting us uh we rebounded well but you know fast break points for the Warriors was really good like they had 27 and overall look we're missing half of our team I, I'm, I'm not too upset about this loss like I feel like watching this game actually kept me a little optimistic because we lost by seven points, and considering considering the lineup we had, that's not too bad. So, you know, I there are a lot of negative and positives to the games. Uh, one thing to mention is that Curry actually had a 99-game streak of scoring double digits, and in the last game against uh, the Heat, he only had nine points, so we just broke that game streak. I think that's pretty impressive. Um, and, you know, we besides the first quarter, we stayed pretty close to the Warriors throughout the whole game. So... Yeah, we lost two games in a row, but I think this just showed us that we're still a competitive team, and it's still it's still amazing how we're fourth in the East despite our uh, injury report. Right, and how about you, George? Yeah, I'm in agreement in most parts. I'm 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 also very upset with the um the way the Sacramento Kings game went. The um the effort was there, but there was just absolutely no defense. But I, like like we've been saying this whole time. Our biggest strength is being able to adapt, um, being able to adapt and move on and 
figure out what needs to be done to get the game finished. But when you're missing the the sheer amount of people that we're missing in the system that they've been trying to trying to set, that would have been putting those teams away early and, and not having a problem. We're just playing catch up the entire game. The offense was fantastic. The defense was non-existent. Now, I'm not talking about individual um, moments of excellence for defense. I'm talking about it as a team effort. Stops weren't weren't being you know get there was no there was no co- cohesions on the defensive end, so that's what that led to that loss. Also, the the fact that Jimmy just needed to lay the ball up but didn't. But that's okay. We move on. The Warriors game was way more interesting in my opinion. I think if you look at it, we ran eight deep with Jimmy on the floor, seven when he was off. We only had three other available players in Chalmers, Highsmith, and Stauskas. None of them played. There's just no way you're going to verse a team this good, even with their star playing like absolute, um, I won't say the word, but it's 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 amazing how we cannot, we, we couldn't get stops earlier on in the game, but we kept it close. We kept it competitive. But again, when we're missing... You know, Jimmy, Jimmy, Bam, all these, every single player. We, we had an injury list longer than the active list, which is insane. But they still had Draymond. They still had Wiggins, Curry, Poole. They were all doing, you know, they were, they, there was just too much offensive on, um, firepower to stop. But we have to figure it out from here because we're not going to have Jimmy for at least a week. They've, um, the report, official report came out saying he's, um, his injury was not that, not that serious, which is a really good thing. But it's just it, we're going to figure out how to get it done now because we're, we're running, you know, we're running seven deep, and they're going to figure out whether it's by Stalsky skin, maybe Highsmith or Chalmers, because um, everyone else is injured or in protocols. So it's just the type of matter about figuring it out from here on. Right. And, you know, one thing that I want to add on about, you know, that Warriors game and, you know, the fight that the Heat put up, you know, there was a quote that hit me and it was what Steve Kerr said after the game. He said that that was a testament to Heat culture. That was just straight Miami Heat basketball. They've been doing this for so long with Spo and Pat Riley over the last two decades. That was one of the best performances I've seen from an undermanned team. So, I, I mean, obviously it would have been nice to get the win, but, you know, obviously that quotes like that just shows you what this team is capable when everyone is healthy, you know. And Orchard, I know you got something that you want to add on. Yeah, uh, I think you had a great point, Joel. Um, this team can definitely do a lot. And that's just heat culture right there. But, you know, a little bit about what George was talking about, the fast break points, like I was saying, like 27 fast break points, I feel like, we weren't getting defensive stops and we know this Warriors team is such a good, their, their, their shooting percentage is awesome. Like they have, a, they have a lot of talent on that team. And I feel like the biggest thing I noticed was that we were like, we couldn't set our defense, right? Like there were so many wide open shots for the Warriors. I feel like we got a little bit lucky because there were a lot of times during the game where the Warriors players are missing wide open shots. And again, this is a great, this Warriors team, they're one of the best, in a league and you know it's not going to be every time that they're going to miss all their wide open shots like similar how they did yesterday but to be fair they actually made most of their shots so well a couple of other positives that you know I think we rebounded well 
we rebound out rebounded the Warriors 49 to 43, which has been something we've been a little struggling a little bit. And I've already said this on a previous podcast. I understand why we're not out rebounding other teams because we're missing our big men. We don't have dead men. We just got PJ back. We don't have Bam. So, you know, I, I'm forgiving. I'm a little forgiving about that. But still, you know, we're, we still only have PJ Tucker and Yurtsevin and Chris Silva, of course. So I'm really happy that we out rebounded the Warriors. Um, I feel like in the second half, we could have out rebounded better because I think in the first half, we did a much better job. And the other thing to mention is three pointers. The Heat made 17 threes, which is extremely impressive. The Warriors have such a good defense as well. So the fact that we made that many threes was uh, really promising to me. Right. And George, I know you got something you want to add. Yeah, it was actually about the three-point shooting as well. Um, People have been slandering Hero and Lowry after that game because they went as a combined unit, 11 of 36, um, just field goal and then six of 22 um, from three. The people got to understand that this is a systematic team and they've absolutely built their brand of, of offense around, uh, you know, getting guys open, playing sets, roles, everything like that. There's not a single thing that Spo can do mid-game when your star player goes down to then create new sets and try his best from there. But when Hero's playing 42 minutes and chucking up 23 shots, the all of his own creation. That's it's it's a testament to the fact that he's still a really really good player. But when you've got Bam on the floor taking pressure, you know, outside of the three, this works. This system works. Carl Guy has been an absolute pleasure to watch. You know, he shot fifty percent from three yesterday. Took eight himself. But there's no way that we can alter those 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 looks mid-game because when you're the only two guys that, that are that are a threat on the floor for, from behind the arc besides Kyle Guy, there's really nothing that we can do to stop that because Wiggins uh, Wiggins and Paul were amazing yesterday. Offensively and defensively, really, really good. Kayla Martin has to be has to be thanked and given a contract now. He was, in my opinion, the biggest reason why Stephen Curry went three of 17, watching him play on ball. He's quick, he's agile, he knows exactly what he's doing, and um, and he deserves some praise for that because holding the greatest three-point shooter we've ever seen from, from you know, a ridiculous career average to go one from 10 from three is nothing more than a testament to what he can do. Right. I agree 100 percent. You know, Caleb was definitely missed when he was in protocols. So to have him back and to see how much of an impact on he has on this team, like like you said, George, he's basically due a um, what's it called standard contract at this time. And then Orchard, what about you? I know you got more you want to say. All right. So, yeah, kind of talking about what George was saying about all the players being slandered. You guys got to remember, we're playing a back to back game like the Sacramento game. I feel like we just I feel like we put all of our energy into that game and we still lost. So the next game, I can understand why everyone's tired, like a back to back game. And you have to remember, everyone's playing more minutes right now because of the injury report. Uh, Jimmy played 36 minutes, Lowry, 36, Hero, 35 against the Kings. Like 
I feel like you could even tell at the in the fourth quarter that this team was just gassed. Like everyone looks so tired when Hero's launching those threes. You could just see how tired and it, it was it was it was painful to watch. And you know the fact that we lost Jimmy Butler at the end of the third quarter really hurt our momentum. I feel like that's kind of I mean I feel like the Warriors were taking a lead at every so often by at least seven, but we were always breaking it up. But I think that losing Jimmy really hurt our like hurt our streak of stay, staying in uh, staying close with the Warriors. So, yeah, just to keep in mind, you know, we played a back to back game. I feel like we put a lot of effort against the Kings. We still lost. And then we the next day we had to play the best team in the league. That's crazy. You know, I feel like the fact that we still only lost by seven is a miracle. And this the team showed like, I don't know, the team just showed a lot of effort and tried their very best. Right. I agree. And, you know, it's it's good that you brought up the Jimmy situation because I actually want to talk about that now. So I'm sure a lot of you guys at Heat Nation already know the story. Um, as you guys know, Jimmy Butler went down with the with an apparent, um, what's it called, ankle injury. Um, before we continue, it should be acknowledged that we were blessed with great news as it was reported by the Sun Sentinel that the Heat's initial hope is that Jimmy can return from this ankle injury before the end of the week. So seeing how Jimmy went down this past game and then hearing this report, what's your reaction to the recent events regarding Jimmy? Tell us, George. See, I'm I'm very conflicted about this because in one hand, I'm extremely happy to hear that it's not a serious injury and it's not anything to worry about in the short term. But we've seen this story before with Jimmy. Jimmy will, will turn an ankle and, and people instantly scream, ah, oh, Achilles, ah, oh, you know, MCL, it's done, it's finished. Um, it's it's a very, very big scare when a player like that goes down in that fashion. Um, <clears throat> because it was a non-contact injury, technically, that made it even more scary because you're looking at ligament damage, you know, um, uh, crucial ligament damage. And that's something we just can't afford at the moment. But hearing that he's back, hopefully within the week, is very, very good news. But I want to focus on something else. When we're playing, the guy's 32 now, about to turn 33 this year. We're going to be paying him in 2026, I think it is, or 2025. $52 $52 million at the age of 36. We're going to look at the fact that these injuries are connected. They're, they're, recur- they're reoccurring. They're very, very dangerous for a player, you know, of what he's trying to do and what he does. So how long can we sit here and say, he'll be fine, he'll be fine, he'll be back within the week, only for him to do it again. And by doing it again, increases the likelihood of injuries in the future and the severity of them. Now, I'm not saying to not play him until, but I, I said, I, I think the best idea um, from now is to actually keep him benched for at least two weeks because he's going to change something. I don't know if it's his shoes or the way he straps his leg. He needs to start doing something different because, you know, he, he's he's been in the league for 10 years and he's been, you know, he's been blessed with no major, major injuries in the last few but these little, little injuries, they all stack up. And, and I'm just afraid of what's going to happen if we get to a point where he does another, he has two, three, four, five more injuries down the line. And he's just out for a longer, longer period of time. We just can't have that. 
can't have that. It's not right. And we, we shouldn't be able to, to stand by and watch this happen. Right. And how about you, Orchard? Well, let me tell you this. So I was watching and I'm like, okay, it'll be an ankle injury. And then, you know, I started scrolling through Twitter and everyone's like, it's an Achilles injury. I'm like, what? So I'm, I'm honestly really thrilled that, you know, they announced that it's an ankle injury and that they hope that he'll be back by the end of the week. But, you know, I have to agree with George. It's becoming a little concerned that his ankle is once again injured. And I think we, it's becoming a little bit of a trend that his ankle is being injured. Um, and, you know, it makes sense. You know, he's getting to that age now. And we know that Jimmy is more of a guy who likes to attack the basket. Um, he isn't, he doesn't, he's an, I mean, I won't say he's an awful three-point shooter, but he's also not that great of a three-point shooter. So, you know, the question is, can he, can Jimmy start learning how to not attack the basket and learn to shoot more, you know, three-pointers or even, not even a three, maybe deep twos to lessen the chance of him getting injured while driving to the rat basket. Yeah. And, you know, we're paying him a lot of money. So I agree. It's a, it's a bit of a concern. I don't know what to say about it. You know, it's a really difficult situation. And I feel like the biggest thing to do right now is hope that he can stay healthy and pray. I mean, I think the biggest thing to pray about is that he can stay healthy more into the second half of the season slash the playoffs. Because look, it's the first half of the season. We're not, it's not now that it's time to be too worried. You want to start getting you want to start getting worried when it's you know after the all-star break when you're getting near the playoffs. Like if Jimmy's starting to get injured in his ankle or anywhere near playoff time, that's when you're supposed to, that, that's the time to get worried because Jimmy Butler is obviously our best player on the team and we can't afford to lose him in the playoffs. Right. And George, I know you want to add something. Yeah. Um I just want to turn to our injury list quickly. We've got UD out with health and safety. Um, Vincent, Duncan Robertson, Garrett, all with health and safety. Uh, Jimmy now with the ankle, Dwayne Demon with his knee. Um, I, I actually am hopeful he'll make his return this week. Um, maybe against the game against Portland. Um, KZ should be out, it should be back, but he's still out technically. Morris with the neck, we apparently he's been coming back for the last four weeks, so I don't think we'll be seeing him for a while. Oladipo. Um, and then bam, this, that, that is the core of our team in a nutshell. After that, we've got hero Lowry. And like I said, with, with Jimmy's injury, when I say it couldn't come at a worse time, it's, it's an understatement because we can't afford this to actually happen at this time with this sort of injury, because we saw what happened with his, um, with his tailbone when he nearly cracked it the second time. If we do bring him back against the game against, um, sorry, the, the game against the Suns, and he turns the ankle again, we won't be seeing him for four weeks. Now, we just, we cannot let that happen because as we saw yesterday, the, the game was decided because of the injuries that we had. And I thought that we may maybe had enough to beat the Warriors with Jimmy. Without him, no chance. We lost by seven, which was a good effort. But with these types of injuries, we can't be afford. We can't afford running seven deep and then relying on Chris Silver to, to give us twenty five minutes on, on you know on any given night because he's not that good. He he's not that good offensively. Defensively, he's good for short spurts. Spolster knew that when they when they brought him back. That's why he only played ten minutes last night. Um, if he did, if he 
really had faith in him, he would have been playing him 20, 25, 30 minutes. But with going back to Jimmy's specific injury, taking a player that knows nothing more than driving to the basket and getting his points the dirty way and, and trying to draw those N1s and those free throws, it's a really hard transition. We saw it with Dwayne Wade in the later parts of his career. He was he's known as the flash. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to slow down when your knees are that bad. But he, you know what? He did transition his game to more of a mid-range scorer. Did it really well. But Jimmy's never been that good of a three-point um, scorer. I'm not actually uh, familiar with how well he's been shooting this year. But yesterday he went two or three, which was a good sign. But it's I don't think it's about transitioning his entire game. But we're going to look at managing him in a better way than we are right now. Right. And you know what? Like, that's the thing. And, you know, one thing that, you know, stood out to me is what you said, Orchard. Like, you know, at least, you know, it's fact that it's the beginning, I would say the first half of the season. I think you want to take it easy now, especially as you get ready for the second half of that season. And then when the playoffs start, you know, it's, it's, I'm concerned too, because obviously you want to keep Jimmy chill until it's time for the games to really matter. And quite frankly, you know what, Miami, I feel like one thing for the Heat is it would not hurt if they had another bucket getter, you know, another guy you can put in there and take the burden off of Jimmy. And that's where I think other guys need to step up, you know? Like, how do you guys feel? Like, um, Orchard, like, what's on your mind about that? Well, my thoughts is that I'm hoping that when, hopefully soon enough, that when our roster is starting to come back, like when we're getting our main players like Bam, Oladipo, Morris, all these people back, I'm just hoping that when all of them, all of them come back, we can start to limit Jimmy's minutes because I feel like we're overplaying him based on the fact that he keeps getting injured. And I feel like by, by all of our players coming back, it'll take a huge burden off of Jimmy and – you know, we've seen it. I mean, we've seen it for the past couple of months. Like, we were missing Jimmy and Bam, and we're still winning games. So that shows me that if when all of our players come back, we're more than capable of winning games without Jimmy. Um, not, that, not that I'm saying that we don't need Jimmy. I definitely think we need Jimmy. But I, I think that it shows me that we can, we can play Jimmy for less minutes and we'll still win. And that's mainly because our roster is – have shown that they they can be tough teams and decent teams and even lower ranked teams doesn't matter right and you george yeah for me personally i don't really think it's the best idea for someone like jimmy um his game is revolved around playing on the ball now to transition from an on-ball to off-ball player takes years of adjustment and the right pieces put around jimmy we've actually got players that play off jimmy so Playing him off the ball is probably not an option in, in its entire, entirety. Um, but I I think maybe the, a trade can be made for someone who's got a similar skill set to Jimmy, but obviously not in the same caliber. Because if we can kind of replicate his game, then I think that we've got a really, really good shot at, um, at giving him less minutes, maybe down the track, maybe... Um, you know, not in crunch time situations, but games like this earlier on in the season, having not to play him 35 minutes, 34 minutes a game would be a blessing. Would be horrible for Heat Twitter because 
he wouldn't be in an MVP conversation with 28 minutes a game, but it is what it is. We're going to start preserving the star that he is. There's a reason why we're paying him the money we're paying him next year was 40 something, 42 million. You have to have 48 million, then it's 52. It's time to, to treat him as a star and load manage if, 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 if it has to be done. They did it with Kawhi when he came back. They, they've done it with, you know, LeBron two, three times now. It's, it's time to actually treat our stars like stars and play them the minutes that they should be playing, not that they have to be playing. Right. And, you know, that's the thing. You know, that's why, like, with Jimmy, I know the Heat, I know they'll know what to do with them, which is why, you know, Jimmy, if, if for some reason you choose to listen to this pod, get better soon and, you know, stay safe because we want to see that Jimmy Butler we saw a couple um, playoffs ago against um, all those teams in the bubble. So just stay healthy, stay fit, and, you know, just get ready for that. All right. So now, now that we address that, let's go on a lighter note uh, and let's talk about some of these 10 day contracts. So Miami went out and they got a guy, as you could say, the first guy I want to talk about is someone that's been averaging 12.7 points in the three games that he's played for the heat so far. And he's also looked like a pretty good three point shooter too. And that's none other than Kyle guy. Now, considering the fact that he's been looking like another diamond in the rough for the Heat, what's your reaction to watching Kyle take the floor from Miami these past three games? Start us off, Orchard. Oh, well, I love Kyle Guy. And this guy just – i we've never watched him before. This guy comes in and it's like he's already played. Like, it's even it makes it seem like he's been in the league for two years, three years already. You know, I think he's been – he's displayed that he's a great – two-way player um he can shoot threes he can drive his passing abilities is amazing and again his defense that's a big thing here you know we know we know the heat are a defensive-minded team and i feel like he really fits the culture that we're that we have you know he his you know i think when we're offense is slow he does a great job getting it back up again like i noticed moments where we we just let it we're letting other teams go on a scoring run and next thing you know, you got a Kyle guy at three, and suddenly we're back. I feel like he he just know he knows what he's doing. Like he goes on that court and he's ready and he's prepared. My biggest problem is that I don't know if we need him on the roster because obviously, like I feel like the most players we're missing are power forwards and centers, and obviously he's neither of those. So that's where my my concern comes, but. Besides that, he's an amazing player. I've watched him. I've loved watching him play. And I think if we do sign him, it would definitely be a great idea. Right. And how about you, George? Look, I'm 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 heavy onto that. I've got all of my stock in Carl Guy and all of his crypto. I I believe Carl Guy is that guy. In the three games he's played, he he's been shooting the lights out. There's just no way even the or buts about it. Eight of 16, shooting 50% from three, um, giving us good minutes. He looks so confident on the ball. And for a team that's lacking so much confidence from on-ball players, it's time to, you know, give this man his props. It's time to, to look deeply into, where, like, whether we could use him properly. Now, I understand without Duncan and Max Struess, it's very like 
he's got a very valuable minutes and it's his spot to lose at the moment until they come back. I'm not saying we can fit him into the rotation 100%, but shit, I'd rather have him than, than Casey of Parler. There's, there's, there's no way like you can disagree because <clears throat> he can dribble, he can pass, he shoots the three well. Um, he doesn't have any size that, that he wouldn't give you the size that Casey gives you, but you know, Casey ain't no Draymond Green either. So I'm not saying to make that roster spot available, but to, to give it to someone like Kyle Gray, I think we could do a lot worse than that. Now, I think that we can take his his game and and actually use it over the next few games when we're going to have no Jimmy um, and, and possibly other people that are still out or uh, could be still out. There's no way we can't at least look into giving him a, a second to 10-day contract and then after that, figuring out what to do with him. Right. I agree. And I know, Orchard, you got something you want to say? Yeah, this is just me praising Kyle Guy a little bit more. I just want to talk about the mentality. I mean, I've read about this guy. You know, he was he wanted he was looking to join teams, but he was put into COVID protocols. And he, you know, as soon as he got out, you know, the heat got him in. And just the mentality he's brought into this team. I mean, he already dropped in his first game with the heat. He drops his career high. Like, I know he played a couple of games with Sacramento uh, in the 2020 and 2021 season, I believe. But, you know, the fact that he just comes in, drops his career high, and he's been playing solid basketball for us, I just – I think it's so amazing, and it's actually inspiring. Right, I agree. And, you know, while we can sit here and continue to talk about the greatness that is Kyle Guy, <laughs> um, I also want to talk about another two-way pickup. I mean, not a two-way, but a 10-day contract pickup for the Heat. And this one has a lot of um, hype towards it because it's a familiar face. And that's none other than when the Miami Heat picked up the champ himself, Mario Chalmers. Now, to those who've been watching the games know that Mario has not played for the Heat yet. But to see him back in a Heat uniform after all these years, it's just so unreal. And you can probably make the argument that this is probably one of the greatest returns we've seen for the Heat since D-Wade made his return in 2018. Like, it's, like, that exciting to see this guy back. So I want to ask you guys, like, how we feel knowing that Rio is back in the 305? You can start us off this time, Orchard. Oh, man, I love I, – I, I, you know, I thought when I originally saw that we put him on a 10-day contract, I thought it was, like, a fake page and – when I realized it was real, it was just amazing. You know, the feeling was great knowing that he was going to come back. Of course, you know, I don't, it's looking like he's not going to play a game unless tom- in tomorrow's game we're leading by a significant margin towards the end of the game. Um, but, you know, it's as, 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 it's as you were saying, like, he hasn't played a single minute for us, but the feeling of him coming back has been super nostalgic for all of us. And I love seeing him on the bench and, just chatting with all the players, watching and engaging with the team. So, sure, he might not play any games with us, but still, uh, I think I, it was pretty exciting. And I've heard rumors that, you know, he might one day join the coaching staff, which would honestly be a pleasure. Right. And you, George? Yeah, on that, that specific day when we signed him, it, I was having the absolute worst day in history until I read that news. That man is on the team that was responsible for the happiest years of my life growing up. 
he's he's an icon. He's exactly what we wanted to see. We would also like to see Chris Bosch on the team, but that might not. That's probably not going to happen. This was more of a move that Pat Pat Riley saying, you know, here you go, Heat Heat Nation, have him. You know, you wanted something, you can have him. Um, I think he's definitely still there to play. He knows he's still got something to give. That's why he's there. Uh, I I wouldn't count him out actually making an appearance in the next game. But what I really want to see is that do we give him a second 10-day contract to actually play a home game? Because we're on a home, uh, we're on a uh, away streak right now. So I think when his 10-day contract runs out, we actually then go home. So I believe that we'll give him a second 10-day 10-day contract. And then if he doesn't make his appearance in the next few games, it'll definitely have to be a home game. If 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 not for the integrity of the team and to contribute, it's got to be there for the fans because we have seen, you know, we saw our team at the pinnacle of their game, number one in the power rankings or two for, for the first week and a half, two weeks, and then we got slapped with injuries. Now, as a fan base who's watched, who just watched, you know, a team play circles around the Nets and the Bucks earlier on the season, and seeing them go down with injuries, it's it, it's hard. It's hard doing what our it's hard doing our job sometimes because we have to see all these injuries go down. Plays that we love, plays that we respect, that go down, and, and it's it's not anything anyone wants to see. But bringing in a guy back like Chalmers, really like it, it's it's like a shot of energy, and it's really important for them to to keep that going, keep the mentality going, saying we're doing it for the fans. But I think he's there to play. I don't think it'll be. I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow or, you know, in a couple in a week's time back at home. But regardless, I think you'll still play some minutes. Right, and you know, I also think that too. Um, I think you know that is the plan that Miami is trying to bring him back for a home game because to have a Heat legend like him return to the team, you know, whether if it's for ten days or one day, you know, you know, Heat fans are going to be there and they're going to be excited for it. So, you know. I don't know. I mean, I want. I wonder how much people are going to be there for that game. I feel like the turnout is going to be big for that first home game he makes his appearance in. So that's going to be a game I definitely want to watch. And you know, while we can also talk about Mario Chalmers all day and how great it is that it, the year is 2022 and he's a member of the Miami Heat, we do have some other stuff that we want to focus on, and that's none other than the Spotlight Heat Player of the Week. To those who are new to the pod, basically, we just give shout outs to a certain Heat player who we feel is worthy of that praise. And unfortunately, I mean, I don't know. I feel like my my answer might be Mario Chalmers, even though he never played a game. But, you know, that's what it's like when you a Heat legend. I don't know how you guys feel. But um, all jokes aside, though, like who who's who's on your mind right now? Tell us, George. Look, I, I think this is a it's a two way battle um, because <clears throat> there's no there's no way I, I there's no way I can disc, discredit what Kyle Guy's done in the last few games and giving us a massive boost. But if I'm talking consistency, I'm gonna have to give it to over year seven, and I don't think I didn't think I'd ever be saying that for a spotlight player of the week. But Amir's actually played really, really, really well, and. I'm really happy to actually have him on the team and not have any problems, um, you know, with with, the, with 
you know, with injuries with him being our last center, I, and it scares the hell out of me. It scares the absolute hell out of me seeing that he's our only center on the team. But he's been playing really well. He rebounds really well. He's got good footwork. Um, he doesn't get to the ground as quickly as Bam would do, but that's not his fault. That's just the way, you know, his body's being created. So it's it's really important to have an anchor when you're playing, it, like, especially when you're playing teams that have really strong front court presence. Um, but he he does everything that we, we'd want from a center, just not as good. Offensively, he's very, very unpolished. But let's be honest here. If Deadman or Bam doesn't go down this season, we wouldn't, we would see zero, may, maybe 10 in the entire season, you get seven minutes. Now, to see what that he can do, what he would do in the, in the summer league in a real game was really, really crucial because it just, it just, it's a reassurance to our recruiting staff that it works. It actually works. He was taking a lot more threes in, in summer league. That's why his scoring total was plummeting, even with the same kind of minutes. But for, for a, like a token of a consistency, that's what he's been. High rebounds every game. Um, you know, he can catch the lob. I probably can't catch a Tyler lob because after what I've seen him do this week, I don't want to see him throw a lob ever again. But he's been very good for us. So I'm going to give him the, the, the heat play of the week. Right. And you, Orchard? Well, you know what? So, uh, you know, similar to George, I, I was a little tied up between a couple of players. But I also went with Omar Yurtsevin. I mean, it's just his – I feel like ever since we got him, you know, I think we thought he'd be a significant player off the bench for us. Um, maybe he'd play – maybe he'd just play in the, like, final minutes of the game when we're up by, like, I don't know, 15, 20 points. But, you know, obviously due to, uh, like, circumstances, we had to start him as a center. I mean, I don't even think he expected to start as a as a center being an undrafted rookie. But this man has come in, come in as a starting center, and he's consistently putting up double-doubles every game. I mean, to me, that, that automatically gets you into the spotlight player of the week. He's had a step up being our main center. He's been putting up – he's been rebounding really well for us. You know, he put up 13 rebounds against the uh, – I believe it was – who was it? And, you know, I mean, his rebounding has been incredible. He, he had 13 rebounds in uh, uh, two games ago. Then he had 16 against Sacramento. And then in the Warriors game, he had 17 rebounds. And I think that's been a huge, huge part because one of the biggest problems, obviously, is I keep saying over and over is our rebounding because we're undermanned and we don't have many power forwards or centers to rebound for us. So the fact that Yurtsevin's putting up huge numbers in rebounds is extremely impressive. Uh, you know, of course, he dropped his career high of 22 points against the Kings, really stepped up. Of course, we lost the game, but he's big. He's a huge reason why we're even in the game. So overall, he is my spotlight player of the week because of the amount he's done, despite the amount of pressure that's been put onto his plate. Right. And for me, you know what? You know, you guys made some good choices in saying Omer. For me, I'm going to say Caleb Martin because, you know what, he was out for a while with protocols and stuff, and he came back, and he's been playing great. You know, he had 19 this last game against Golden State, and I believe, I don't know if it was George, if it was you who brought this up, but, like, he played very good defense in that game against Golden State, especially against stuff. You know, he just he's just been playing very good, and 
you know, I just can't help but say to myself, like, wow, we really got this guy on a two-way contract. You know, like, Pat Riley really did it again. So the fact that he's out here playing the way that he's playing while not being on a standard contract, like, it's friggin' amazing. And you just can't help but be so amazed by it. So for me, that's my Spotlight Heat Player of the Week. Um, to those who are listening to this pod on the Five Reasons Sports Network YouTube channel, you can go ahead and comment down below who your Spotlight Heat Player of the Week is and why. So now the final topic for today, and it's none other than this upcoming game again against the Portland Trailblazers. Um, we know so far that Jimmy will obviously be out for this game. And also, it's also been reported that Damian Lillard will also be out for this game as well for Portland. So with these injuries in mind, what's your what's your guys' expectation on this game? And do you guys think the Heat get the win? We'll start off with you again, Orchard. Uh, I honestly, I, I'm a little bit hopeful about this game. I think we have a good chance against the Blazers. They're missing their two best players, CJ McCollum, who's been out for quite a while now. And of course, Damian Lillard, I believe he was originally put as questionable, but the fact that I think you just said he's out and it makes sense, you know, he has an abdomen injury and that's pretty serious. So, of course, it, it, it appears that both of these teams are really struggling with injuries. And, you know, I think with the way that we're playing right now, I think we're completely capable of stopping the Blazers and winning this game. You know, I, I think the biggest goals here is don't have don't turn the ball over. Don't have lazy passes. Hero, don't don't make don't make lame passes. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I was saying before, we had 18 turnovers against the Warriors, so we got to make sure we don't turn the ball over as much. Because while the uh, Blazers are still under, like you know, they're missing a lot of players, they can still shoot, and that's going to be a problem if we're just turning the ball over constantly. You know, obviously, as I always say, rebound well. I think we're. I think. I think the center is still playing for the Blazers, so they still have their rebounding. And, you know, hopefully Yurtsevin continues to rebound well as he's been doing for the last, like, I don't know, months, last couple of months. And, you know, the this last thing is don't let Anthony Simons go out because, you know, he scored a career high of 43 points just yesterday. So let's try to make sure that there's no heat killers in tomorrow's game. Right. And you, George? Yeah, I'm, I'm just very scared about the Anthony Simon, Simon show after going <laughs> 9 of 16 from three. Now, I for a player that has never done it before, I, I really doubt he'll be doing our back-to-back games. But let's really, really hope he doesn't happen again. Um, you know, we're on a four-game we're, we're on a four-game streak of of going more than like uh, of giving up so many points. 113 points a game we've given up in our last four. So a team that's missing Damian Lillard, um, Zala, and and McCollum, surely that we can, you know, re- like really come together as a unit and play really solid defense because that's what's going to be necessary to win this game. Offensively, we can do it. We know we've got the guys out there that can at least, you know, light you up from three. But if it's going to go to a shooting battle, I don't know how well we'd, we'd fare against, you know, this team that only has two or three injuries who can run 10 deep, 11 deep, when we're refusing to play um, healthy players like, you know, Chalmers and players like that. But I really hope that, you know, we can we can come together knowing that 
we're missing 10 or 11 players, that this is the time for these players to shine. If Chris Silva wants to earn a second contract, 10-day contract, this is the time to do it. Um, if Kyle Guy wants to show that he, he might deserve a roster spot, however unlikely it may be, this is the time to do it. This is the reason why these guys are here on two-way contracts to prove that they should be here. So let's let's go half them up as much as possible, keep them going. Um, I don't know who's who may come back. Um, I don't know if Duncan, Vincent, or Garrett have passed um, health and safety because I, I, it feels like a while since they've been out, but I might be wrong there. I just like you get lost in the maze of heat injuries, but. Um, I don't know if Dwayne Dedman might be back as well from his knee injury. Um, it's just about keeping players like Norman Powell, Nurkic, Little, and Simons off the score sheet as much as possible. So play good defense, and and we should be fine. Right, and honestly, for I know George, you don't like making predictions. Um, I'll pro- I'll just quickly make one. I think the Heat will get the win. I think with Dame not being there, that's going to be huge. You know, like, and you guys said it great. Like, we need to watch out for these random scrub Heat killers. You know, don't let um, Simmons get hot. And then another guy you got to worry about is Norman Powell. We know he can score, especially against the Heat. You know, just watch out for those guys and you should be good. So, you know, with that being said, I do feel like we hit on a lot for today's episode. So I'm going to just end it right there. Um, thank you all for listening to today's episode. Um, for more content, feel free to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HBTW Podcast. You can also check out our new website at hbtwpodcast.wordpress.com. And you can also check out our new extension show, Culture Shock, which is the first Miami Heat podcast to feature an all-women cast. They will be dropping an episode very soon, I promise. And for more information about that, you can follow them on Twitter too. Their handle is CLTRShockPod. Anyways, once again, thank you all for listening to today's episode of the Heat versus the World podcast. And we'll see you guys soon with another episode. We out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat versus the World podcast.